Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 
Joshua enter in, Caleb enter in, but why God didn't allow Moses to enter in? Because Joshua and Caleb never saw God. Even though it was God's hinder part, he saw God. So God judged Moses by a higher standard than Joshua, Caleb, and all the rest of the uh, host of the children of Israel that came out of Egypt. It's a higher standard and greater severity. And the severity was very great because, you know, he didn't he didn't worship an idol. Uh, he didn't curse the people out. God simply said, speak to the rock. He struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And God said, now, because you misrepresented me before the people, you will not enter into Canaan. So, now, if we understand the scripture here, we can un- we we can see how God measures us that is considered to be teachers. Notice again, James three one, Amplified Version. Not many of you should become teachers, self-constituted censors and reprove of others. And a lot of times, people desire to advance to a position of authority so they can they can uh, be reprovers. Uh, of other using their position of authority to uh, uh, appro- uh, reprove others, uh, uh, even the use of a person again, I see a lot of that, but not realizing and understanding that positions of authority is never given to us for ourselves. Position of authority is always given to a person to execute on behalf of the one that gives you the authority. All authority works that way. If you are a... Um, um, a police officer, if you are a, um, a insurance agent, if you are a uh, school teacher, if you are a um, 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 football coach, but any any kind of position of authority has been given unto you. That position of authority has been given to you to execute on the behalf of the one that gave it to you. So the one that gave it to you, you you they gave you that for them, for you to advance their cause. Authority is never given to you to advance your cause. It's always given to you to advance the cause of the one that's given to you. That's why we don't see a lot of supernatural manifestations of the power of God in the earth realm in, in the majority of our churches in America here. Not all of our churches, but the majority. And a lot of things we call supernatural, ladies and gentlemen, it is really, you may not believe this, but it really is counterfeit spirits and uh, or... or um, um, uh, spirits of divination. I just use the word counterfeit. Um, a lot of things that we see in the earth realm uh, is a counterfeit. Uh, it was uh, shared in our School of Wisdom uh, on um, Sunday. Uh, our ladies went to this uh, encounter, but I, and now my wife was kind of shared that we we really in the process of rebuilding. Uh, uh, ministry went through a major transition, and it was not that that was God. And now uh, you got to be recognized when something is God and when something is not God. But uh, so we basically started from the ground up. So uh, got to lay foundation uh, all over again. We have a few people that has remained. Uh, I'm not. I'm never moved by absolutely nothing. It's painful, but you never move when you know God is in the thing. So we're in the midst of about share some things about this. I don't know if anybody uh, heard of this guy. Uh, somebody brought it to my attention. This guy out of New York. Uh, several people in our church knew about it. I, had, I didn't know about it. 
this guy, um, they got it documented, got it on film. That's why I saw it, matter of fact. This guy's walking on the water in New York in a pool. And, uh, they, uh, and and I didn't see this other part, but some of the members shared with me that the same guy, uh, they got documentation video that he, he levitates and he uh, uh, levitates and he walks across buildings from one building to another. See, here is here is the realm of darkness. Uh, 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 people in the realm of darkness operating supernatural on a greater level than the born again believers. Now, if we saw a human being, uh, a born again believer, just say if you was in your church service and uh, one of your members was praising God and they began to levitate, let me ask you this question: What would you do? I guarantee you, the majority of people that is listening to the Lord today and those who go back through the archives will will say that person is operating under the uh, influence of demon spirits. I'm going to tell you why you would say that, because you never saw nobody else do it. You haven't seen no apostle do it, no prophet, no evangelist, no pastor, no teacher. You haven't seen them do it. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the devil. It could be the devil. That's why, if it's never before, we need to be able to discern the source behind everything. That's what discernment of spirits is, is uh, one of one of the dimensions uh, of uh, discerning spirits. The source behind everything is go beyond just that. But you got to be able to know what's God and what's not God. So the church will crucify that person, but yet the church will preach it that we should be flowing supernaturally. Jesus did he not? If think about if you talk about levitation, he walking on the water. That's a form of levitation. He levitated above the surface of the water. But he, the reason he was able to do that is because he had dominion over it. We preach we have dominion over it, but there is no demonstration that we have dominion over it. We like to talk about it. We like to preach it. Uh, I want to do one more. Uh, I did a prophetic training before this year's old with and I've kind of been struggling with it. Okay, God, what you want me to do? I was looking at the month of July. Uh, I want to do something before school started back in. Um, but I'm going to be shifting. Uh, and, and God really had been shifted me because majority of the time when I'm sharing in the uh, our um, prophetic trainings, uh, I'm dealing more with the supernatural than just the prophetic flow. Uh, the fl- prophetic flow to me, if you were to think about it, even the whole gifts of the Spirit, uh, is is I, I, can I say elementary? And the reason I say that because Paul spoke to the children of Israel, I mean uh, Corinthians, the children of Corinthians, uh, the Church of Corinth, and shared with them how immature they were, and that's where the Bible talks about the gifts of the Spirit. He said, "I can't talk to you as unto spiritual, but unto babes." So if he said that. I can't talk to you as unto spiritual debate, but yet in First Corinthians 12, he talks about the gifts of the Spirit. should let us know that even dealing with the gifts of the Spirit, it's on an elementary level. It's on an elementary level. Everything that you see in Corinthians has got to be on an elementary level. Because he, he wrote under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, I cannot talk to you as unto spirit, but as unto babes. You're carnal. So, so we still dealing with elementary things. And here's this, the world uh, has superseded uh, many Christians in in, uh, uh, in the church by leaps and bounds. But yet, if somebody did 
levitate. And there was a, a, a saint uh, in the 16th century. Uh, he was a priest, matter of fact. And I just read that last month. Uh, this, I don't know where I discovered that. Uh, but anyway, uh, father something. But they, same thing, he got persecuted. He was so sold out to God. So sold out to God. His mother raised him. His father left him. Boy, he didn't really get a chance to know his father. His mother had some hard times. And then uh, he always wanted to be a priest. And to uh, uh, went to tremendous persecution. He was ostracized by, by uh, um, uh, his peers, the head priest of the uh, province that he was a part of. And, uh, but he always took it, handled it. I, I deserved it. That's how this, this young priest, and uh, uh, he was so sold out, a lot of fasting, a lot of prayer. But when he began to think about God, uh, he would begin to levitate, and uh, he would get caught up, uh, and, and his mind be on God and worshiping. And, and the longest uh, uh, what I read about his account was 15 minutes levitating. And one time they were trying to put a cross up the top of one of the one of the uh, synagogues or buildings, I don't know what they call it. Uh, and the men, comp- uh, they were struggling. And uh, he ended up levitating and taking the, the cross all the way to the top of this where they would be able to put it on the building. Now, isn't it amazing that we hear nothing about these kinds of things, but yet we see, we read about it, but we don't see it. We read about how it was nothing for uh, in Elisha's day for the prophets of God to translate from one location geographically to another location. We see this with Stephen. Not Stephen, with, uh, was it Stephen? Uh, the, 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 Philip uh, in, the, in the book of Acts. Uh, after he ministered to the Ethiopian eunuch uh, and gave him interpretation, baptized him, and he was caught up and, and translated to another part of the city. No Bible. No Bible school. No Bible training. But yet we see this, and the only thing we like to do is talk about to preach it. We, God got to help us. And what I mean by God to help us, something's going to happen. It may not be our generation, because to me, the generation that we're part of at this present time, and when I said this generation, I'm talking about me, everyone, so many of us, will, will, we're, we're, we're not ready for it, because we struggle with our identity. A lot, the majority of us preachers, uh, 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 struggle with insecurity, struggle with rejection, and we hide or we we pride ourselves based on our giftings and not realize that you're better and you're greater than your gifting, and and we struggle. So so we we uh, uh, we pride our titles. Apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, elders, deacons, bishops. We love titles. That's why we'll never see the supernatural. That's why we'll never see that dimension of the supernatural flowing in us and through us because we love titles and position and status more than we love Jesus. And so, therefore, we love, we rather be labored with a title and have no fruit instead of not, don't care about a title as long as there's fruit. And when the scripture clearly tells us we shall know them by the fruit that they, we bear. So we, we will never see the supernatural in the way until we begin to understand who we are 
identify ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, understand we're here to extend his ministry and not hold on to our ministry. And, and the majority of people in the church, too, I don't say the majority, but many of us that have positions in the church don't even qualify. You don't want to know why? Because us leaders, the, the qualification has been so watered down. And if you would notice, how did Jesus qualify his disciples? We don't qualify people according to the biblical pattern. We qualify people because they went to school and they got a degree. You can go to school and have a degree and never know Jesus and never encounter him nor experience him. And we see a lot of that in the body. We will never see a great move of the Spirit of God uh, until I believe God's going to raise up new leadership or God's going to cause us that is born again to experience a tremendous transformation by a divine encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, as it was with Saul on the road of Damascus. Something going to have to happen because God is greater than Satan. His kingdom is greater than Satan's kingdom. But we don't see that being made manifest in the earth realm. So something is wrong then. Something is wrong. So therefore, excuse me, uh, let's look at some things here uh, in the word of the Lord. Because here in James, once again, chapter 3, verse 1, Amplified Version. And I'm going to go on and, and help you kind of understand some things here. How do you become a leader? See, purpose of being a leader is not preaching. It's not teaching. The purpose, if you read the uh, 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 what Paul statements that Paul, get just, just read Paul's letters. And when you read them, read them from the position that it is you writing to the Romans, the Corinthians church, uh, the Philippian church. See, right, and, and kind of get his mindset why he was writing this. Read about his life, how God qualified him. How was he qualified? He wasn't, now Paul was an astute, brilliant man before he got converted. He was, he was brilliant. And we see that in the book of Philippians. Uh, it talks about his predigree there. Tremendous man of God, but just wasn't saved. Wasn't saved. And he was killing and destroying God because he didn't know God, but yet he studied God. He was he, he was a student under the greatest uh, theologian of their day. He was a student, but didn't know God. And Jesus, even Jesus said the same thing to the scribes and the Pharisees, the ones that knew the word. He said, for you do search the scripture, for in them you think that you find eternal life. He said, how is it that the scriptures that you're reading about it's, it's, they, uh, uh, they testify about me. But yet, you read it about me, the chamber discern it is me, and you're trying to kill me. And we do the same thing. We know scripture, but we don't know the Lord. And the standard has been so watered down. The standard has been so watered down. So we elevate people and put people in position of authority. And I begin, and so I begin to meditate on, since I've been pastoring, the leaders that I, I, I raised up. And I didn't raise them up the way my mentor raised me up. My mentor didn't raise me up teaching me the scripture. He really didn't. And that was my one of my first greatest disappointments when I came here to South Florida. When he, uh, the Lord uh, connected us. 
and he, uh, uh, and the Lord spoke through him and, and shared that our relationship was going to be like Elijah, Elijah. And, and so I'm all excited, but I had a preconceived idea how the relationship was going to work, and it worked uh, uh, absolutely in no way, fashion, form I, how I thought it was going to work. He never sat down with me, and I thought we were going to be having Bible studies. It never was that, never. Uh, he, he he was a pastor, and he was a, a traveling preacher. And so uh, uh, I just I, I listened to the word, took my notes, went over my went over the notes. Uh, went up bef- uh, uh, before I went to bed that night. That morning I woke up. I went back over it again. Nobody taught me that. He never told me to do that. Spirit of God was teaching me how to do that. But my training never was through through preaching and teaching. My training came through my obedience to him. He told me to do something that I know I didn't want to do and I was afraid to do and I never did before. And I told him I wasn't going to do it. He said, yes, you're going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going back and forth in the beginning, in the beginning uh, when I first came here. And I ended up doing it. It was a reason why I didn't understand it. But it was a reason why something was happening every time I obeyed. I'm going to show you something in, in, in the Word of God tonight. And see, going back to being a teacher, the, the Greek word for teacher, when you get a chance to research it, uh, you remember certain times the disciple called Jesus teacher, and sometimes they would call him master. That's really what the Greek word for teacher is, is a master. It's a master. And so, so many people, because of our ignorance, and we erase people up, based on the ability to articulate scripture. But they have not become a master. A master in nothing. I'm going to give you an example of what I mean by that. You take, um, I, I gave an example yesterday, not an example, but I was talking about uh, these food shows that they have on. And that, this one, the Hell's Kitchen, I think I saw a part of it one time. This guy from England go around helping people um, uh, establish a restaurant, something to the effect. And I know probably some of y'all didn't say he don't know what he's talking about. Not really. I really don't. I don't think I ever saw a whole show before. But it's turned channel and saw a glimpse, and he was uh, getting on different ones' case about how the food was, or how the restaurant was unclean, the kitchen was, what the case. Now, he's a master. He's a master. Now, he's going around trying to help people build their restaurants, but he's bringing correction to them. He's rebuking them. The chef, the food is terrible. You go in the kitchen, the kitchen is nasty. We can't do anything to this. And they got to, they got to they have, I think, 24 hours or 48 hours or something to redo the restaurant, to make it model and whatever the case is. He's a master. He's a master. Now, you have masters in different areas. Uh, uh, those that are in martial arts. Uh, I don't know too much about martial arts either. But you, I see it on TV. You got the master. And you got the students. Uh, my armor bearer, Eric, uh, he used to take martial arts. I think he became a black bear. He talked about his uh, susei, his sensei, or whatever they call it. That's a master. He said he felt like he could take on his master one day uh, because he had learned some things. Uh, and I think the master hit him one time and knocked him out. He's a master. So you could become a master in a thing. Just say you are a uh, master chef. You could become a uh, uh, master coach, a master something, but that means you have you have come to a place. It is not 
sitting down in a classroom. That's what we are brought into the church, and that's what has destroyed, I believe, the church more than anything, because there's more emphasis on teaching the word and not becoming the word. And if you understand what the purpose of the word is, ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of the word have nothing to do with the word directly. When I first got saved, I remember when I got my Bible, oh, my Bible so precious to me. Oh, if I, my Bible fell off the desk, oh, oh, God, forgive me. Oh, I repent. Until I discovered that this was a letter. And, it's, and that Bible was powerless until the Spirit of God breathed upon it. The letter killeth, but the Spirit gives life. That word is no good unless it's Holy Spirit breathed. That's when the Word of God becomes alive. Other words, just nothing but dead letters. Just regular letters on that page. And only the Holy Spirit can open a man's mind and understanding. So that, that book is designed to lead me to a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus. But we don't get in, we don't have that book for that. We have that book to memorize scripture. We have that book to quote scripture. We have that book to study so we can preach and teach. I used to share this with all my ministers. You never study to get a message. You study to live. I tell all of them in relationship with me, you study to live. You study to see how I live this word in this sin-stricken world. And I say, if you do that, the message will be birthed in you. A message will be birthed in you. Your message will be birthed out of your application of the word of God in this realm. And then when you get up to speak, it'll be life that comes out of you. This is how this thing works, ladies and gentlemen. But, but I want to show you a principle here about becoming a master. How does a person become a master? They call him master. They call him master. Uh, you can, um, I'm just trying to think of different things that a person become a master in. In uh, uh, almost in anything, you, you're the top in your uh, 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 occupation, whatever the case may be, you're master. It is not by reading, it's by doing, becoming. I'm going to show you something here. Now, I, I met with a couple of gentlemen on yesterday, uh, three young men. I got put in my heart, and I was sharing some principles on yesterday. This is why I have a passion for men. I, I love men, and, and I don't want no woman to get offended with me at all about me saying this. And the reason I have a passion for men because I understand the pattern of God and the operation of Satan against men. I understand when we look at society today, when we look at um, the crime rate, I guarantee you, when you look at uh, 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 the imprisonment of young men uh, in the system today, the majority of I guarantee you, over 50% that is in prison, they, didn't, they was raised without a father. Guarantee it. I know it's higher than that because uh, I saw some statistics last year. I think it was 71%. Uh, 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 was raised without a father. Uh, if their father was there, he was not in their life. My father was not in my life. My father was an alcoholic. So therefore, and I loved, I love him, but he's passed now. But I hated him when I was growing up because all he did was abuse and misuse. He he never <laughs> sat down with his children for nothing. Nothing. 
And so, you know, uh, 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 my mother had to work two jobs with her husband that would get his paycheck. My father made good money. My father was one of the top roofers uh, in St. Petersburg. And, 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 and clear, I remember this. Back in the, as a little boy, and I heard him, uh, him talking to somebody, he, my father uh, would, could, would, um, can make $1,000 a week in the 60s. $1,000 a week in the 60s? That's like $10,000 a week today. But his family didn't experience any of that. His family didn't partake of any of that. He gambled it away and drank it away, got paid on Friday, and by Sunday night he'll he'll stagger home or he uh one of his friends will come by and say, Your husband is on the ground at the uh, bar around the corner. Some older brother will go around and try to wake him up help him or and some of his friends bring him here, he'll uh uh sleep it off until he got time to go to work that Monday. But his family didn't experience that. I have a passion for men. And 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 because I understand the attack against men. And the saddest thing about it, and I'm sitting up in this place of talking to these young men, and uh, as I was talking to them, uh, I was saying, do you all not understand the, 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 the principles of God concerning men? The Bible says the sins of the father fall uh, passed down to the third or fourth generation. Sins of the father, not the sins of the mother. Sins of the father. And I guarantee you every person that's under the sound of my voice uh, uh, any kind of negativism in you, I guarantee you, you could probably, if, if you had the ability to trace back certain uh, 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 patterns of your life, negative patterns, I guarantee you can trace it back somewhere to your father, or either mother, or your, and that's when I said mother, because your mother had a father. Sins of the father. Sins of the fathers. So, my wife, my wife, uh, 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 errors, mistakes, sins, whatever, can be traced back to her father. And her father's father, father, father. Mine, my father, my father, father. That's why when you and I become born again, we have to learn how. We have to learn how to, to, to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ for those patterns to be broke. And I want to try to, by the grace of God, help us see some of these things today. In 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 these one of these young men I was talking about been in church all of his life, but don't know nothing. Don't know nothing. Now when I got ready uh, to lead these men, I asked them a question. I said, "Are you all tithing?" Every last one of them. None of them was tithing. And I said, "Do you not understand? Do you do you you all don't get it? You don't get it." Here you become another statistic and another pattern. I said, because now you are married. You are married, and now and all of them got children, young babies. I said, now, isn't it amazing how these children's life is going to be affected? Innocent children coming to the earth, life is going to be affected because of this foolish, and y'all sit up under the word of God and do absolutely nothing. You sit up on the word of God, and you all think that because you come to church, everything is okay? See, it, it's, it's so grievous to me. It's so grievous to me. And I, as a matter of fact, I tried something new. I had started mentoring these young men, 
and, and uh, 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 they had just come to church, so I mentored a young man, and I dropped him. Because what's the purpose of mentoring? You're not going to follow the instructions. If you're not going to listen. And, and, and I asked him, for, I said, what do I get out of it? I said, I want you to stop and think. What am I getting out of this? I'm taking time out for my wife, time out for my children, <clears throat> time out for other things that I can be doing and pouring into you, and you're not going to follow the instruction. I said, we will discontinue this relationship on this level. You said, why you did that? Because what's good is a relationship if you're not going to follow the instruction. If you believe that there's something that's been developed in me that you need, and I told him from the get-go, it ain't about you getting something, it's about you getting something that you become something, and you can help somebody else become. All this is very important. So there's always a tremendous attack against men, greater than it is women. The attack on women will be different than the attack on men. The attack on women, wives, and mothers will always be the same thing that was on Eve to usurp authority, to make you feel like you're not worth anything, you're not valuable, to make you feel like that you're just as good as your husband and you want to take his position. It's always going to be that manipulation. And it, and it takes, uh, 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 that's why a young, a young lady needs to become a wife before she becomes a wife. And a young man have to become a husband before you become a husband. And what I mean by that, that internally he's developed. Internally there's a discipline. I was sharing with you all the, uh, the series I'm getting ready to start, I started on Sunday, about the government of God, uh, individual government or self-government. Uh, we'll be go to family government, and then we'll go to uh, kingdom government, church government, social government. We'll go through all the different governments. I think it's seven different governments. See, but it starts with the individual. God started with Adam. God started with Adam. And so before he gave him Eve, he had to learn how to govern himself, walk in the government of God for himself so he could walk in the government of God for his family. And so what happens is you got young men ungoverned, marrying a wife, having children, and that ungoverned spirit that's on him and in him is going to sift down to the wife and children. Actually, one, one young man, this right here. Actually, one young man. See, one, one young man just got married, uh, I think, the part of the, uh, early part of this year. Now, I know the young lady that he married. Now, here's self-governing. Now, uh, I didn't marry them. See, I don't marry no one I don't counsel. I don't marry no one I counsel. I'm going to show you a principle here. Show you a principle here. We tell them this is what you have to do. We have a, we have a, man, a marriage manual. It is a four-week. It's really eight weeks, but we do it in two, uh, four weeks. They have to do two lessons at a time. My wife does the counseling, and i got another minister that does the counseling. I do the last counseling. I used to do it all. I do the last session. Never got the manuals, so they went ahead to the courthouse. No problem. Now here, this young girl, loyal, faithful, uh, giver. So I said, one young man, I said, by you being married to this particular young lady, do you believe, tell me, was she more spiritual before she married you, 
or is she more spiritual? Why she have married you? He said she was more spiritual before she married me. I said, now, don't you understand that God's going to judge you severely? How you have brought the standard, this girl's relationship, because you are her authority. But you have lowered to her, her standard with God has been lowered by being married to you this little short time. You have lowered her standard. She's submitting to you. I said, make sure this question here. Do you believe that if she wouldn't be married to you, she would be paying uh, tithes? Yes. Do you all understand me why you say I have a passion for men? Because the average man have absolutely no clue the awesome responsibility that is given unto us. Not to preach to our family, but to live before our family. To have a relationship with the Most High God. And watch this right here. Then one of the other young men said, uh, I said well, don't you have to use wisdom? About Because uh, he said his wife would end up giving, giving everything away. Don't you have to use wisdom? And I said, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Then I, I said, let me ask you this question here. If you was in a boat in the midst of a storm, Jesus come walk on the water, and Jesus said, come to me. What would you say to everybody in the boat? Y'all better use wisdom. That's what you would tell him, won't you? You broke, broke outside laughing. Yeah. Well, you better use wisdom. What is wisdom? Can you see the foolishness, ladies and gentlemen? The stupidity, the ignorance that we have. Leading families. Over women, wives. Having wives and, and becoming fathers. But yet, ungoverned. Ungoverned. And understand this right here. Every human being on the face of this earth is governed by one or two kingdoms. And even if you are born again, one or two kingdoms. Let's look at a scripture here, if you will. I'm going to show you how this works, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to show you how to become a master, how to become a leader. Uh, I want to show you something here in the word of the Lord. Romans chapter 6. In verse 16, listen to this. Do you not know that if you continually surrender yourself to anyone to do his will, listen real carefully, listen real carefully. Do you not know that if you continually surrender, and that's the key word, surrender yourself to anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him whom you obey, rather that be to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness, right doing and right standing with God. Now, my question would be this right here. Let's make this practical, and this is why we have unqualified, undisciplined people leading people in the body of Christ. We have unqualified. You, you, could, you could be married, but you're unqualified from God's standard. You could marry a woman, but you're unqualified. You could marry a woman, but you you marry a woman that you, when you yourself is incomplete. 
incomplete as a man. And then because of the pattern of God, that mentality or that spirit is going to fall upon the whole family. Unless your wife is spiritually strong, and even if she's spiritually strong, by the word of God, she got to submit to you. What the scripture did says, as unto the Lord. And some ladies, they're, they're not strong enough to submit to a man as unto the Lord. They submit to the man, period. But watch this right here. Now, this is, this is beautiful. Do you not know that if you continue to surrender yourself to anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him whom you obey? Now, he's talking here not about people. He's talking about a sin or righteousness. Or he's talking about Satan or God. Or he's talking about the word of God or the word of someone that's, that's contrary to the word of God. And so, therefore, whoever you submit to, whoever you obey, that person or that thing that you obey become the greatest influence in your life. Become the greater influence in your life. This is how it works, ladies and gentlemen. Now, it ain't about sitting down under the word. Whoever you surrender yourself to obey, when a thought comes into your mind, are you able to scrutinize, distinguish the thought that's in your mind? Are you able to do that before you obey it, knowing where the source of the thought comes? Because if I obeyed the thought, I just became the slave and the thought became my master. And really not the thought, but who the thought came from become my master. That's how it worked, ladies and gentlemen. That's how it worked. And this is going to help you to really understand how this thing works and, 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 and show you how God qualifies you to be a leader. I'm talking to the men now, and I'm talking to any every leader in any kind of uh, capacity. That's a business. That's a um, that's church. Uh, that's politically uh, any area. This is how it works. So watch this right here. Watch this right here. Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 12, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. And you say, now this, now this scripture here is what I was going to be sharing on Sunday. I didn't get a chance to get to them last Sunday, but so those of you that's a part of Panorama, you you, you you getting some things. I know the ladies that's on that's joined us did not hear the message, so you'll be getting some things here. But notice what it says, Proverbs 5, 12 says, uh, 12 and 13. And you say, how I hated instruction and discipline, and my heart despised reproof. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor submitted and consented to those who instructed me. We're going to keep on reading and let you know what happened to a person that hates instructions, discipline, that hates uh, and despises reproof. When you don't, if you don't have the right attitude when correction comes, when you don't have the right attitude when uh, correction comes to you from the assigned authority in your life, ladies and gentlemen, you're not ready yet. Correction, reproof, if you struggle with that, 
It's nothing but a revelation that there is a rebel heart that you have. See, you don't submit because you understand. You submit because you know God chose that person for your life. It's not about understanding. If God shows an authority for your life, to be over your life, and, and they are a legitimate authority or a mature authority uh, in your life, I'm talking spiritually now. And, and the reason I'm sharing this with you is because this is where I, be, I, I was there with my mentor. A lot of things I didn't understand. But watch this right here. Every time I obeyed him, every time I surrendered, he became, I proved to God, I didn't understand his way back then, ladies, I really didn't. But I proved to God, I proved to Satan that he was my authority. Every time I surrendered and obeyed, I solidified in the heavens. I solidified in the kingdom of darkness. This is my authority. And watch this right here. And every time I surrendered, every time I submitted, he became my legitimate covering. He became my legitimate covering. A lot of people say, this is my covering, but they don't submit. This is my covering, but they don't yield. This is my covering, but they struggle with correction. This is my covering, but they struggle with reproof. It don't work that way, ladies and gentlemen. It don't work that way. So, so, so when you look at an individual, it says, and you say how I hated instructions and discipline and my heart despised reproof, and see, that's why you don't spoil the rod. Because we are born with rebellion in our heart. And and I got to deal with I got to deal deal with a situation. Uh uh today. I got to deal with a situation today. Proverbs five twenty three. Watch this right here. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is beautiful. He will die for lack of discipline and instruction. And in the greatness of his folly, he will go astray and be lost. Every parent that does not discipline their children, you just set your children up to for uh, to be failures. Even if they don't, re- if even if they don't receive it, you got to do your part as a parent. You as a pastor, as a leader, it's your responsibility to bring to instruct. It's your responsibility to discipline. You and I, we do it for God. We don't do it for us. This is what makes you also a qualified, legitimate uh, leader as well, is you understand why you're doing what you're doing. You're doing to them what has been done to you to get them where you're located in God. It's about God. It's not about us. It's about him. Notice what it says. Proverbs uh, uh, 523, he will die for lack of discipline. He will die for lack of discipline. He will die for lack of discipline. Is there anyone that is listening to the Lord today that you struggle with discipline? That's the purpose of God, bringing people to our life, for us to be disciplined in God. You and I will never be able to experience and break through in the realm of the spirit without a level and a measure of discipline. The greatest enemy, the greatest enemy to discipline is our flesh, what you want to do, 
Eat what you want to eat. Go where you want to go. Watch what you want to watch. Because there's you're not disciplined in standards. You're not disciplined. Which, what, what kind of standards do you have? What kind of standards that you've established for yourself? And you say, I refuse to break this. These standards right here keeps me in alignment with God. How much discipline in discipline in your emotions? That when you feel uh, uh, like you want to tell somebody a piece of your mind, you can hold it. Because you know you're getting ready to sin against God. If that, see, that takes, should take place in, at home. Or if you have a spiritual father or a spiritual mother, that should take place in their relationship with them. Because they're going to say some things and do some things and tell you some things you may not understand. It's going to make you upset and you want to tell them a piece of your mind. But can you not touch God? Because to touch them is to touch God. He will die for lack of discipline and instruction. And in the greatness of his folly, he will go astray and be lost. How many people already have already experienced this here? You experience death because of a lack of discipline. Proverbs 8.33 says, Hear instructions and be wise. And do not refuse or neglect it. What? Instructions. Instructions. Whoever God has assigned to your life, they are the ones that's been assigned to instruct you in the way of God. And instruction, when you when you get a chance, look up this word in the Hebrew. It's just not just uh sitting down teaching. You get a chance. Proverbs 9 9 says, Give instructions to a wise man and he will be wiser. Teach a righteous man, one upright and right standing with God, and he will increase in learning. All of these words mean something. Learning. Very important. All these words mean something. Instruction. So, what is he saying here? I'm trying to get you to see something. Take the young man I was talking about in New York walking on the water and, and, and levitating. He could not do that because that is supernatural if he wasn't surrendered to someone. This young man is not convinced to be uh, saved, so therefore we know he's up under the uh, influence of supernatural demonic forces. And every demon spirit is a supernatural being. But he surrendered. And so they're his master. And they have they have access to him. Now, I'm, I'm, I brought up a statement earlier for you to understand this right here. Uh, Romans 6.16. Do you not know that if you continue to surrender yourself to anyone to do his will, anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him who you obey? What, what did, how did the people acknowledge and recognize Elisha? They recognized Elisha as the servant of Elijah. Watch, watch this right. They recognized Elisha as the servant of Elijah. How? Because he served him, he received impartation from him. By him serving him, he became uh, uh, his uh, Elijah became his master. 
and for him becomes his master, that means everything that the master is is being imparted to the one that is serving him. These are divine laws. And that's why the devil, if I was a devil, I'd do the same. I would fight you with everything in my might, everything in my arsenal. I will fight you for you not to submit to the authority that's been assigned to you. I will try to get you to uh, judge them, to criticize them, to talk about them. Why? Because you never could receive impartation. For you to become the man of God, the woman of God, that God has ordained appointed on you to be. Jesus could not do many mighty miracles because of the people's unbelief. And they, and they were, had unbelief because they were offended with him. Offenses cut you off. And I love the way the, the Hebrew word uh, for offense, uh, I, I don't remember, but I taught on this years and years ago. I used to teach a lot on this, these kinds of things. But the word offense in the Hebrew simply means this right here. It means um, the inability to submit to the one whom you, uh, you supposed to submit to who God has assigned you to, when you get offended you've been cut off you cut yourself off from the one in the, in the Hebrew word or the Greek word I forgot what you want to is scandalized that's the Greek word Hebrew word for offense no Greek word thank you Holy Spirit Greek word so it's to cut yourself off see you can cut yourself off internally and how would you know that uh, uh, you submitted because you will see characteristics and the attributes of the one that you submit to. The scripture says here, do you not know that if you continue to surrender yourself to anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him whom you obey? And what's going to happen? What's going to happen? They have a greater level of influence in your life. Elisha, before Elijah died, Elijah, I said, what shall I give you? That's the way it worked, ladies and gentlemen. Why did Elijah ask him, what shall I give you? Why did he ask him that? Because these are laws that governs, the, governs this realm. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. These are biblical principles. Same principle I just read. It didn't say sow. It didn't say reap. But if you yield to something, surrender to something, then you're going to reap something. It's a divine law. So Elijah asked him, what do, what, what do you want before I leave here? I want a double portion of your spirit. Why did he ask him, what do you want? Because you have obeyed God in serving me. You have obeyed God in serving me. Now it's time for you to be rewarded. Everything works that way. When you and I die, all of us, according to Corinthians, is going to stand before the judgment of the seat of Christ and give an account of everything we have done in our bodies. The scripture says. Everything is a, is, is a reaping of the sowing. So because you obey God in serving me, what do you want? I want to double push you with spirit. Yeah, it's a hard thing. But if you are with me when I leave, it is yours. And Elijah tried to discourage him. And I do the same thing with people that surround me that I know God's getting ready to elevate them and promote them. And a lot of people miss it because that's when the, the greater level of pressure is going to come to you from your spiritual father, spiritual mother, or your mentor. Right before you get the double portion, right before God award you for serving the relationship, 
That's how you get it. You, and you serve the relationship by following instructions, following instructions, and you cannot follow instructions if you're not really submitted or surrendered. It's impossible. Because and this is another way that I know how I test people. When people say, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. When I give my leadership assignment, I may tell them to read something. I get a, have a report. When they tell, give me some excuses, they don't qualify. That means something else was more important than what God spoke through me to them. I didn't say, thus said the Lord, read this. If I got to say, thus said the Lord, you're not ready for a greater level of relationship, for impartation. And this has been the problem with men. So we have men want their wives to submit to them when they don't want to submit to anybody. And this is what's happening in the body of Christ. And this is why we see the inconsistency and we see all of the foolishness that is going on in the body of Christ. Now we see things as powerless. That's why we see children rising up against parents, uh, disruptive, uh, selfish, self-centered, uh, disobedience, rebellious, because if we got to, all we got to do is stop and look. Where's this coming from? It's coming from one of the parents. Well, let me take that back because not always. Because sometimes our children can have the, allow their friends in the world to become a greater influence and tell stuff they see on TV and whatever the case may be that you don't know that they may be watching. Begin to have a greater influence. So understand that television is spirits. Spirits comes through TV and Internet and everything else because you've got people that's operating it. So all these things is very important. Where's the men? Where's the men of humility? Where's the men that is willing to humble himself. The Bible says you have you may have ten thousand instructors, but you don't have many fathers. And a lot of people don't even have a father. And then some people say, Oh, they hear this and they say, Let me go and get me a father and they go get somebody, ask somebody to be the father and the person say, Yeah, I will be you and they and, and they don't even qualify. Because how can a father be a father when a father's never been a son? What qualify a father to be a father is when you find, just because you have sired your children, that means you're a father. Biblically. Biblically. You just are the person that have children. And you can never help them become sons and daughters if you've never been a son or a daughter. You're not going to know how. But if you you have a father, you were submitted to it. Follow instruction. My son, attend to my words. My son, attend to my words. My son, attend to my words. But you attend to everybody else's words, but who God has assigned to you. And so we got this reckless spirit, reckless mentality. And so therefore we end up hurting people and hurting relationships. Because all of these relationships I'm talking about, the submission to authority and all these kind of things, have nothing to do with the human being. Have everything to do to lead you into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's for him to be Lord, Master and King over your life. This is how it works, ladies and gentlemen. This is how it works. So know you not to whom you yield yourself servant to obey, his servant you are. Who are you yielding to? God or Satan? Who are you yielding to? Your parents or your best friends? Who are you yielding to? Your pastor or someone else that has not been assigned to you? And ask yourself this question. I want you to examine every relation that you're in right now and ask yourself, did God bring me into these relationships? 
Every relationship you're in right now, actually, did God bring me to me? What's the purpose of them? What's the purpose of them? What, how are these relationships benefiting me, and how am I benefiting these relationships? I know my time is up, 7 o'clock. Well, I pray that you was challenging your thinking today. This is the master key. I pray that God gave you a key to unlock some dark things, give you, gave you some answers to some questions that's been in your heart and your mind for years. And I pray that your destiny will be unlocked if you apply and appropriate the word of the living God into your situation. The Lord spoke a lot of things today. And so, therefore, everything wasn't for you, but what was for you, take it and run with it and experience transformation so you and I can begin to walk in the realm of God, in this realm, supernaturally. See, think about it. Supernatural means you have transcended the natural. That means you're a person of discipline. Your flesh no longer dominate and control you, but the spirit of the living God have access and has a greater level of influence over my life and your life because I live a life of discipline. I re- have the ability to receive correction without getting offended, without getting an attitude because I see it coming from God. God is speaking to me. We have matured to that place. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I pray that the rest of you eating will be blessed. I love these times coming on with you. Enjoy you. And I pray that you will uh, join us again on next Monday and Tuesday. Call your family and friends to be with us. This has been your host, once again, Dr. E. Jimmy McKenzie with the Master Key. God bless you. We love you and appreciate you. Let's continue to pray for one another. Pray for me, if you will. I pray that you would do that because I want to be all that God has ordained appointed on me to be. God bless you. Thank you.